Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 1, verse 57 through 80. Verse 67, it says, Now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Now, he begins to prophesy, and I wonder, he's prophesying, I wonder what, how much does he understand as he's prophesying? How much of this is, is he really saying understanding and having the full implications of all of this? Because he's not prophesying about his own son, because his son, and he is from the tribe of Levi, from the, the household of Aaron. And this son is one who he speaks of the horn. The horn speaks of power and leadership, who is from the house of David. And, and so he's obviously speaking about Jesus and understanding that he's going to be the Messiah. And so was this because Mary was with him and his, his wife had already prophesied that the mother of my Lord would visit me, you know, understanding that the baby in her womb was the Lord? Did he understand those things or was he just prophesying because the Holy Spirit had put it in his heart and he didn't really understand the full implications of what he was saying? I, I think that sometimes the Lord gives us understanding and sometimes the Lord uses people to speak a word of prophecy or a word of knowledge, and they don't really understand what they're saying. And so I wonder, in this case, does, does he really understand the implications of what he's saying? Notice verse 70, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began. So he's referring to all the prophecies that are leading up to this promise, this Messiah who is going to come into the world. And, and he says, since the world began. What prophecy was there since the world began? Of course, probably referring to Genesis chapter 3 in verse 15 when he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, this is what God says, and between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Speaking of someday a virgin, a woman is going to have a seed because the seed always came from the man. And that seed is going to crush the authority or the head of the serpent. He's going to undo the damage that was done in the Garden of Eden. And so there's a prophecy from the very beginning that the seed of the woman would come who would break that authority that Satan gained over mankind all the way back in the Garden. And so from the time of the beginning, throughout all of the prophets as we read through Scripture, and we read the prophecies of Moses, even the prophecies of Balaam, as we read the prophecies of Isaiah, I think of Isaiah 53 that so clearly says that, that the Messiah is going to be bruised for our iniquities, chastised for our peace. He's going to have all of our sin poured upon him. And it's so descriptive there in Isaiah 53. 
Or Psalm 22, where it's prophesied that the Messiah will be crucified, and it describes the crucifixion. It starts out with the very words that Jesus spoke on the cross, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And it goes through and describes them piercing his hands and his feet, dividing up his garments and casting lots, and all those things. And, And all these prophecies leading up to this point, Verse 71, that we should be saved from our enemies and, the, and from the hand of all who, of those who hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham. That, that through him, all the nations, and this is what God promised to Abraham, was that through him, all the nations of the earth would be blessed through his seed. That Abraham was going to a, a, an old man who was barren, again, An old man, him and his wife, who were 190 years old. And this little son, Isaac, who would be born unto them. Not Ishmael, who who God had rejected. That was the work of the flesh. But this son that would be born unto Sarah. Through him, all the promises of God would be fulfilled through that line, through that that offspring. And, and yet it's interesting because God would tell Abraham, Abraham, take your son, your only son, he would not acknowledge Ishmael, your only son whom you love, to a place which I show you and offer him as a burnt sacrifice. And what's crazy about that story is that Abraham did it. He took his son, who was about 30 years old, You don't think of that when we read the story, but if you look at the timeline, that's about how old he was. He takes his son, who's about 30 years old, he takes him to the mountains of Moriah that God had told him, this is the place I I show you, it's the mountains of Moriah, that he would take him up to the highest peak, a place we know of as Gordon's Calvary, and he would take him up to this highest peak of Mount Moriah, Isaac would carry the wood and ask his father, where's the lamb for the sacrifice? And Abraham would say that God will provide himself a lamb. And as they got there, he bound his son. Abraham's 130 years old, I don't know, something like that. His son's 30. He binds him. His son submits to him to be bound to the altar. That's interesting. And he would raise the knife to kill his son before he lit the pile of wood on fire to offer him as a burnt sacrifice. And God would say, Abraham, Abraham, don't harm your son, your only son. And, and then he, he says, now I know you'll not hold, withhold anything from me. And he, he saw a ram caught in the thicket, and Abraham got the, the ram, and he sacrificed the ram in his son's place. And then he says, in the, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And on that same location, 2,000 years later, another only son would carry wood up the hill and be crucified carrying the wood up the hill, being crucified, being the Lamb of God that God provided. Abraham speaking prophetically all those years before. Now, it wasn't that Abraham thought that God was going to come through at the last second. No, you know, it tells us in Hebrews that Abraham believed God, right? And, and in Genesis chapter 15, it tells us that Abraham believed God. This is before Genesis 22 when he, he offered his son, but it says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, Right? He believed God in his promise for the Messiah, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He offered his son, Hebrews tells us, because he believed that God would rise him from the dead, which he did in a figurative sense. 
a perfect picture of Jesus dying for our sins and rising from the dead. And so he says he's made this covenant to this promised Messiah all the way back and, and swore it to our father Abraham, verse 74, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. So this is God's promise to the nation of Israel. When he returns, he's going to establish his earthly kingdom. He's going to sit on the throne of David, an earthly human throne, and he is going to rule over his people Israel and also over the entire world. Jesus talked about this in Matthew chapter 25 when it says, when the Son of Man comes and sits on his throne of glory, right? And that's what it's talking about. He's going to rule and, and rule the nations. Revelation chapter 19 also describes this. This is something, Zechariah is promising this here, probably thinking, I might even get to see the day, and yet this still hasn't been fulfilled yet. In fact, for so many years, the church saw the nation of Israel whisked away to every nation of the world, driven from their homeland, and, and often people would say, well, you know, Israel must not have any real place in, in biblical prophecy, and so maybe the church is Israel or spiritual Israel. Not so, because on May 14, 1948, God would reestablish the nation of Israel and put them back in their homeland, as he promised in prophetic scripture. Now, this is something that everybody was confused about. It wasn't something that just Zacharias would say was going to take place and maybe even think that it was going to be in his day. I think that all of Israel was hoping for the Messiah to come to throw off the oppression of Rome. This is one of the reasons why they didn't accept Jesus when he came, because he wasn't this mighty military leader. When they sought to take him and make him king, he, he refused. He slipped through the crowd. He wouldn't do that because it wasn't his purpose. His purpose first was to suffer and to die for the sins of mankind. And, and he did. And then he rose from the dead. And his disciples thought, now is the time. In fact, in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 6 through 9, it says, Therefore, when they had come together, this is all the disciples, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Now when they had, he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and, they, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, Call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.